You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 36 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. It is Mr Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. And yourself, thanks? Yeah, I'm fine. I've been um, burning the candle at both ends. Oh. And, um, yeah, I'm feeling um, slightly jaded. I had a very pleasant weekend down in um, Barnstable, which we may well touch on uh in this episode of the podcast um but uh, yeah we were collecting money for um devon mind and it was uh, it was a really it was a it was a brilliant day did a lot of good uh, met a lot of wonderful people so um you know had a really good uh, had a good time there but um yeah probably do with another weekend to get over it if i'm if if i'm perfectly honest with you but um no all good um on this week's episode of the tool station western league podcast we hear from john bowers uh, the sherborne town chairman and uh, we also hear from an old friend of the podcast jamie hillman the manager of of hengrove athletic um but we're going to kick off and um, by looking at the results in the Premier Division on Saturday, the 15th of April. And we'll kick off with the game that I was at. A comprehensive victory, Tom, for Barnstable Town over Shepton Mallet. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the uh, the majority of the people you ran into on Saturday will have been uh, will have been in good mood. Yeah, 4-0 win for them over, over Shepton. Uh, so Barnstable, yeah, ending the season pretty, pretty well. A couple of goals uh, from Tors. One, one and either half for him. Uh, and there was also Ryan Turner scoring in the first half, and that was Reese Thomas completely scoring 20 minutes of the time. But um, yeah, it was a pretty pretty good start. Um, yeah, they go from the scoring pretty early on, so I think it was a, a pretty comprehensive victory by all accounts. Uh, yeah, a, a very good uh, performance by by Barnstable. I thought. I mean, Shepton Mallet had their moments, um, but um, I think Barnstable ran out um, worthy winners on the day. It was a beautiful day in Barnstable. There was a really good crowd there. And um, I have to say um, that um, I met some really wonderful people. The um, the ultras, the barroom fans, mm-hmm. who've got a um, uh, they're set up with a load of flags and drums mm, just outside I think, I the. Ah, yeah. uh, oh, absolutely incredible! I mean, you know, we've got some great fans in the in the tool station, you know, Western League, and we see some wonderful things on social media and on YouTube. It's, it was something I experienced in Barnstable that 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 I hadn't experienced before. In non-league football, it was incredibly special, and um, they're a wonderful um, group of people. They, you know, they support their club with 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 great passion. And um, you know, my hat goes off to them, and I put it back on again. But um, I have to say that their hospitality was matched by their generosity. We did a bucket collection um, for Devon Mind, and 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 you know, we 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 raised a, you know a, a really good amount of money. I, I don't know how much money. They don't let me take the bucket away. That's gone to Devon Mind, so we're waiting for them to count it. But um, uh, a really, uh, you know, a really great um, time was had by all. So thanks to everyone at Barnstable for that. And um, I'm sure that Shepton Mallet um, will have enjoyed their hospitality off the field. But um, it was a difficult day at the office on the field. I think it's quite possibly been a uh, that was one of those games where perhaps the season caught up with Shepton because they have been doing really well this this season. But um, not it wasn't to be on Saturday anyway. Um, we'll move on to a closer run affair between Clevedon Town and high-flying Saltash and um, Clevedon turning the form book on its head. Yeah, obviously a um, couple of sides going for the title. Saltash and um, Mazel will touch on uh, like how, how they both get on and, and the table as well we'll look at, which obviously is 
all important at this time of the season, but it was Soltash who, who came unstuck on Saturday afternoon, unfortunately, for them. A 2-1 uh, loss, a dramatic loss at that, away at Clevedon. Uh, pretty pretty, pretty tense uh, opening half, nothing nothing between the sides there, uh, before a red card um, uh, just after half-time uh, for the away side really put them up against it, didn't it? And, uh, yeah, they pretty much went behind right after, really. It was Archie Ferris opening the scoring, uh, putting Clevedon ahead. Uh, but, yeah, to be fair to them, obviously, they're playing for a lot at this time of the season, uh, the Ashes, aren't they? They're pushing for pushing for that title. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they they, they scored a, a late equaliser, George Spencer, which would have been a well a worthwhile point, a very crucial point. And it looked like that was that was the case. Two minutes from the time, they get, got back on level terms. Uh, but, unfortunately for them, Clevedon, um, yeah, kept... Kept kept pushing themselves and went straight back down the other end and, and grabbed a winner, uh, late, uh, late, late, late winner. And it was um, Ferris again scoring an injury time, and it was two one win for for Cleveland. But plenty of drama, drama down there on the seaside on Saturday afternoon. Would advantage be handed to Mousel? We had some twists and turns earlier in the season, if you remember, Tom. Certainly when Bridgewater were involved in the title race and sides were dropping points and other sides couldn't quite take the advantage, but that wasn't the case for Mousel on Saturday, wasn't it? It was the opportunity to hit the front just at the right time, and they did that with that comprehensive win away at Canesham Town. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, both sides going, going into the, 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 um, the games on the weekend did neck and neck, and it was Mousel who pulled ahead. And uh, But it certainly didn't have it all their home, own way. Uh, a 3-0 win in the end, uh, but uh, yeah, they had to wait until the 44th minute uh, to, to go ahead. Uh, Talon Mitchell doing that, uh, and then but it was, uh, yeah, Couple, couple more goals. Uh, second one right at the end of the first half. So that was when they really took control of the match. Hayden Turner making it two, and he's having a fantastic season. Uh, and then it was Paolo Sosa completing the scoring um, after the break. And uh, yeah, as you say, a good win for Mausel. And uh, yeah, they give themselves a, a big fill up going into the, the final week. Now another Cornish side that's been doing well in the second half of the season is Falmouth Town. And uh, they travelled to Sherbourne Town. Of course, we had Andrew Westgarth on the. Um, uh, on the podcast um, last week. And I did make a point of saying to him during that interview that he'll get a very warm welcome <laughs> off the pitch. Well, they got quite warm welcome on the pitch, didn't they? Sherbourne Town um, pulling this one out the bag, Tom. Yeah, fantastic result. I don't think, um, you know, as you say, on paper, I don't think this was a, a result many would have seen coming. Uh, Falmouth um, heading into this game in excellent run of form. But, uh, yeah, that was brought to a, a pretty abrupt end, really, wasn't it, at Rally Grove? A couple of first-half goals. Uh, from Aaron White and Ben Hughes, uh, putting the Zebras two up. So, uh, yeah, fantastic um, start to the game for them. And, uh, yeah, it was only their seventh league win of the campaign, so they've been few and far between. Uh, but they did manage to hold on despite Falmouth scoring uh, six minutes from time through Louis Kane. So I'm sure there would have been uh, plenty of nervous faces uh, amongst the home fans. But, uh, as I say, they did manage to hold on. And a, a, a really good win uh, for Sherbourne over Falmouth. Uh, and that was all the excuse I needed to get hold of John Bowers, the chairman of um, of Sherbourne Town. John, of course, has been a regular on the podcast in uh, in recent seasons, and it was great to have a chance to reflect on that excellent victory for Sherbourne with him and uh, get his thoughts on the game. I've got to say it was a great game from both teams to go on. So they started very strongly. It's frustrating from us, really, because we know we've got the potential to play like we did on Saturday and to win games. Uh, and I thought we won it fairly convincingly against a very good side. Um, I don't know if they took us a little bit for granted that we're down the bottom and I think it was going to be easy. Maybe not you know, psychologically that, that sometimes affects teams. But it, it was a great win. Um, uh, and I've got to be honest, I have a smile on my face. 
uh, went to sleep with a, with a grin a mile wide. We had a, a function in the evening that went right the way through to 12 o'clock. Uh, and as, as I've said to you before, a full clubhouse all evening, all afternoon, is like a 5-0 win. Get three points on the pitch and that in the clubhouse. And I'm sure other chairmen will know exactly what I mean. When it, it just, it's just an absolutely fantastic day. Because that was your last home game of the season as well, wasn't it? So I guess that, you know, the party atmosphere, it must have been really nice to sign off with a win in front of your fans. Of course it was. We had a, a big gate, 240 plus. And the fact that that secured us staying in, in this division, which, you know, our remit really beginning of the season was not to be involved in a relegation battle. Although we've been down in that bottom four or five most of the season, I don't feel we've been in a battle that the bottom two have sort of drifted away a little bit but mathematically Saturday made us safe so that that made it even a better day This season must have been a real contrast for you from last season because of course last season you won so many matches and this season wins have been a lot harder to come by haven't they? I'm going to repeat this because I love saying it but 21 back-to-back wins last season Uh, this season was always going to be an anti-climax in that regard of winning games Uh, and we knew the challenges that, that it was going to bring on and off the pitch it's a, a, a very difficult financial challenge as well as a challenge on the pitch. Yes, I'm disappointed that we haven't got the points that I possibly think we deserve. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit rose-coloured glasses. But I definitely think we've had some great performances against the top sides uh, and not necessarily got what we deserved on the day. But if you don't put that ball in the back of the net, then you can't expect to win games. And uh, I would think in my programme notes last week that I think probably four or five games over the season where we were poor, and I would say the rest we, we, we've competed. Uh, and yes, it, it was a challenge. It has been a challenge and it, it endeavour to be a challenge next season again. I mean, obviously there is the challenge on the pitch, but how have you found the challenge off the pitch? I mean, what we, I know a lot is made about the travelling, but as the chairman of the football club, you're acutely aware of the financial impact on the, of that. Of course it's had a financial impact. There's no doubt about that. I, I sold it to the club on our presentation night last season that, you know, this will be a one-season adventure, and, and next season will be a different adventure with the amalgamation of the two leagues. Which obviously, um, I don't laugh because it's funny. I laugh because it's ironic that the fact that that isn't going to happen. Yes, and talking to the players, I think we we've enjoyed the travel. I saw a tweet from uh, a man in Wellington. I don't know when they were travelling, saying that they've enjoyed the fact that they've been on a coach and they've been away together, and, and they they've had a, a a great day out. And and I think we've had some some great trips. Um, albeit you know you've got to find a coach what has happened this year that we found people to travel with us our supporters we've even had coaches sponsored by club sponsors to help with payment but we've had to foot the bill a lot ourselves or half of it at least and it has been a challenge and uh, next season unfortunately won't change and i just hope we can keep that novelty feeling about traveling within the supporters and the players that that we travel well again next season there's always a party atmosphere, certainly when I go to Sherbourne Town. What, what clubs have you enjoyed visiting? What, what's been your favourite away day in the Premier Division this season? I know this is going to sound stupid, um, but actually, I was at Falmouth when we, we travelled and the game got called off, and there was a great atmosphere in the clubhouse, uh, and, and a welcoming club, you know, they've got a great following with the F Troop, uh, and I'm not saying this because we're going there again Saturday to fulfil the, the, the postponed uh, game that was called off because of the rain, but it, it was a fantastic atmosphere about the club and about the place and about the people. And they're very, they came to visit us on Saturday. And uh, one of the guys there that I'd met down at Falmouth said, you know, we're going to be making a bit of noise. Uh, where do you want us to stand? 
you know, what do you want, what do you want us to, to be during the game? Which I thought was really respectful in the fact that they took that into account. They didn't want to be noisy in the stand where maybe people are sat. So I would say Falmouth was a great atmosphere without the game, if that makes sense. You know, Mousel on top of on top of that hill, overlooking uh, you know the coast is, is is a beautiful spot to go to. I didn't do Helsing's I was away on holiday, so I, I just think just traveling down that three oh three A thirty M five, we treat it as an adventure, you know. And we we visited some of our North North Devon friends as well, Barnstable, uh, and we got to go to Ilfracombe. Um, went went played Ilfracombe at, at um, uh, Biddeford in the FA Cup because their pitch wasn't uh, available, their ground. So I, I just like those areas because they're such lovely places to go to. Forget about the football until you get there. Uh, and obviously we haven't won the games, which is that's the disappointing when you've got to travel home. Are you happy because we've had a great day out but we haven't won? We ought to be happy because we've got three points with us on the way home and that hasn't been the case. I'm going to Thelmouth for the weekend, so that keeps my wife happy. That's half the battle. We're going on on Friday, and I know a few others are travelling. So, so again, we embrace it. You know, it's, it's it's been good, and I suppose we can do it again next season as long as we haven't got to keep going down a season on season. Well, that that was really where I was coming to because um, you are the voice of eternal optimism. Um, John, and that's one of the reasons why I love getting you on the podcast. I mean, the other reason is because I think it's really important that fans um, get to hear from a, a club chairman because, of course, you know, we wouldn't have the games, we wouldn't have the clubs um, that we have without the volunteers and the people who make it possible. Um, but in reality, how sustainable is the current footprint of uh, of the Western League and you know was that merger model was that second step five really as you see it um, because you're the man who pays the bills at the end of the month was that as you see it the way forward for football in the South West I think so I, 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 I am an optimist I, I try and take the positives out of everything as a football chairman at this level if you didn't take positives you wouldn't be in a job very long uh, I, mean, I always said if we lost 10-1 our goal was the best goal of the game that's how I try to look at things it is sustainable to a degree. I, I, I don't think we. If I thought we had to go on doing this forever and that the, the, the footprint wasn't going to change, I think I, I will be on a downer about that. I think we can. I'm not put up as the right expression, but we, we can we can put up with it next season uh, as we have done this season. I mean, you know, it's only our second season doing it. Other clubs have been doing it for. Um, I'm not actually sure. Three seasons, is it four seasons? It must must weigh them down, and in it, you know, every season, as the season starts at our level, and the fact that we're not bankrolled by anybody, we're self-sufficient. It's that strain on 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 the the, the bank balance, uh, and also when we've had the wet games, it's called games off, our cash flows poor. Uh, I I do worry about it. Uh, I've been in business. I was in business for 50 years, so I'm not stupid. I, I, you know, we we can balance our books. We we won't go out of business. Um, but it will be hand to mouth at times. You know, we've got some pitch maintenance booked in um, right after the last reserve game, which is the last game of the season in May. Uh, as I'm sat here now, uh, I hope the guy in listening that, that's going to do the work for us. I'm not 100% where the money's going to come from to pay for it. We will have it round about, but, you know, we don't want to counter at this stage. Um, but it's going to be, you know, we, we have to pay wages. We've had six games, we will have had six games this month. So we're not on great wages, or as I like to call them, expenses, it's sure one. But nevertheless, they still have to be paid. In six games over the month, is a little bit over the odds, followed by pitch maintenance, followed by our, our every other outgoing, 
uh, you know, of, of, uh, your, your energy bills, uh, you know, your, your dustbin's been emptied, all, all these things got to be paid for into the budget. All of a sudden, we're looking next season to travel again when really that, that I, I don't know what it's cost us exactly because we, we've been lucky to have sponsors on some of the, for some of the buses, but, but it's a four or five thousand pound on top of everything else. Now, if you could regionalize them or as that is the intention with the, the amalgamation of the two leagues, then you suddenly got that four or five thousand pound floating within the club to uh, improve the facilities, improve the pitch, you know, have pitch maintenance, improve your facilities. We've got a lot of long-term plans at Sherborne, but they're all down to money and where the money's going to come from. Our plans are there and they will stay there and we will achieve them, but instead of achieving over the next two years, it might be five years before we do everything around uh, at the pitch uh, on on the pitch that we want to do. Um, you've got three games coming up before the end of the of the season. Um, Shepton Mallet tonight, and then you've got um, that uh, that visit to Falmouth that you've talked about, and I'm sure that they'll probably want to get revenge for that result that you uh, you got on Saturday. You know, we take one game at a time. Tonight at Shepton Mallet, that'll be a tough game, and and, and really Shepton Mallet, that type of team is where we we want to be, you know, a mid-table, just above mid-table. I think they're seventh. And I did look at the league table before I spoke to you. I mean, uh, you know, established side, they'll be difficult for us. I think they I think they beat us 2-0 down here really early in the season. Uh, well supported because it's uh, not too far to travel. So that's going to be a really hard game tonight. We are a little bit of Jacqueline Hyde on the pitch. Uh, you never quite know which 11's going to start. You know, when I say start, not, not the actual names, but how they're going to play on the day. Um, what motivates them? They were certainly motivated Saturday. Uh, again, you you said about going to Falmouth. It'll be an interesting game down there because they they might be a little bit more wary about us. But if we play to our potential, I don't fear anybody in the Western League. I don't fear anyone at all. Um, but we don't always play to our potential for whatever reason that is. Um, long trip, you know that that we, we haven't travelled particularly well. Um, Tonight, midweek travelling, we haven't travelled particularly well because I don't know whether it's you know finishing work early, a bit of a rush to get to the games that we haven't played well in midweek games, not very noticeable, and the what I call the betwixt and between, when we don't have a big coach and we have a minibus for maybe a, a hundred mile away game, we don't seem to play very well in those games either because I don't know whether it's minibus travel that's doing that and as opposed to a coach. So just leading back to what you said earlier about the finance some of the games we'll be looking at next season if we can afford it instead of traveling in a minibus we're going to travel in a bigger bus more comfortable have a good break on the way down the stretch legs so the players are more of a mood or, or more physically able to play uh, at, at a top standard and my thanks to john for his time and finally in the premier division on saturday the 15th of april wellington they were at home to tour point athletic and a comprehensive win the away side yeah the day's early kickoff and uh yeah definitely went to the away side a 5-1 victory for them so that's four wins on the bounce so they're uh ending the season in in, in great form um they scored six pretty recently and uh, couldn't quite reach that mark again but five this time uh gary heard and ryan richards both scoring goal scoring doubles uh for the uh, for the away side uh callum thompson also scoring midway through the second half so uh, yeah fantastic uh, fantastic form continues for tour point if you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, 
they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving into the first division, we kick things off with a five-goal thriller, a Bristol derby between AEK Bocco and FC Bristol. Yeah, fantastic game. 3-2 uh, win for the home side in this one. Bocco running out victors. And it was, yeah, they, well, it certainly was an entertaining game. They scored right at the end uh, to, to pull this one off. So there was uh, yeah, plenty plenty going on between these two sides. Sasha Tong, he's been in um, yeah, pretty unstoppable form over the first over the past few weeks, sorry. And, uh, yeah, his... Um, yeah, his form showed no signs of uh, letting up on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, he put the front, put the away side ahead uh, after only five minutes. Uh, but then Bocco, yeah, managed to managed to turn things turn things around, or got back on level terms, in fact. Uh, George Lloyd finishing smartly, uh, make it one apiece. But then it was Tong again, putting his side up 20 minutes from time, 2-1 up. And, uh, yeah, that was, um, yeah, looked to be a, looked to be a good, good margin they built there. But, um, yeah, uh, didn't manage to hold on on this occasion. And it was that young... Uh, leveling pretty soon after Tong's uh, second uh, to make it two apiece, and then it was Ollie Williams uh, striking in added time uh, to complete the victory. But as you say, I think this uh, yeah fit the category of a five goal for a lot. Plenty going on. And, uh, Tong also missed a penalty during this game, so um, yeah, plenty of drama and uh, entertainment for those that attended that one. Well, if one five-goal thriller isn't enough for you, mm. we've got another one now. We do. And uh, Gillingham Town, um, they entertained um, Portishead Town, but on this occasion, it was the away side that went home happy, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And they, yeah, well, this was much, much needed for them. They have been on a horror run coming into this game. I think it was nine league defeats on the bounce. So finding themselves 2-1 down at half-time, James Boyland and Jordan Clapp both scoring for, for the home side to put them 2-1 up. Uh, but, yeah, to, yeah, fair credit to, to Portishead. Coming back into it, uh, Sam Butcher leveling affairs, and then it was Bren, Ben Greenslade, sorry, um, helping them complete pretty, yeah, pretty dramatic turnaround. So uh, a good, good win and much needed three points for, for Portishead away at Gillingham. Our next game was a match that we described on last week's podcast as the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Two of the first division's form sides, um, but um, Longwell Green. I think lightning struck twice because it wasn't that long ago they lost to Brislington and, and that's exactly what happened on Saturday. Yeah, it looks like Brislington are their, uh, their kryptonite at the moment. I think they're the only team that have beaten them over the past couple of months, but they have done it twice, as you say, and it was a 2-0 win uh, for them on the weekend. Uh, goals number 122 and 123 of their league campaign. So, yeah, they are... Um, yeah, I think we all know that Brislington are firing all cylinders and, uh, yeah, they're at it again. Uh, Shellard's Road, uh, Oakland Buck opening the scoring... Uh, and then uh, he turned provider for the second as well, whipping in a ball for Danny Doddymee, who tapped him for their second. And, uh, yeah, that confirmed Brislington's uh, title. And finally, uh, Wincanton Town. Of course, they've been on a on a good run of form, and we will hear um, where they sit in the playoff race um, shortly. Mm. But they entertained lowly Hengrove Athletic. <laughs> but it wasn't lowly... Wincanton who were at the races. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was <laughs> It was lowly Hengrove, but they weren't so lowly on the weekend. A two-nil win for them, so yeah, fantastic uh, away win for the the, the Grove. Uh, Will Banks and Jack Jones giving them the, the victory there at Wincanton. We we did speak to Jamie um, Hillman earlier in the season, so it was a good opportunity to get him back on the um, on the podcast. And um, we uh, we started by um, we we started our conversation by reflecting on that excellent away win at Wincanton. Yeah, we did. 
we did well Saturday in fairness. Uh, it's, it's a tough place to go when can turn and they're up in the playoffs because they're, they're one of the better sides in the league in all fairness. What I will say for them, you know, they, they obviously played uh, two games in, in two days in the week. I think it certainly took its toll on one or two of their players, but that's certainly not taking it away from our lads who, who worked extremely hard. You know, we, we set out with a bit of a plan and how we were going to play. Um, and it And it worked, I guess. What have you made of your form since the turn of the year? Because you, you had a good back-to-back wins against FC Bristol and Almondsbury, but other than that, I, your form looks a bit patchy to me. Yeah, it, it has been, to be honest with you. Um, in all fairness, we we went through a little spell where we, we weren't necessarily playing too bad. Um, and and we, we lost a couple of games. We lost to Hallen at the start of the year first game after Christmas um, and we didn't or first game after New Year sorry and we didn't really deserve to lose that one if I'm perfectly honest then we played I think we played Oldland um, we lost our keeper uh, after about 15 minutes or so and they scored two late goals and, and again we actually played well we didn't really deserve to, to lose that um, and then we did have a couple of poor performances Um Tivering some rocks away was was real poor. Uh, Bishop's Lydiard at home, we had a hell of a lot of the ball. Um, they scored a really good goal, but we we, you know, we didn't do enough to score. And that's what I would probably say. We, we probably haven't haven't been good enough in in both penalty areas when when we needed to be. So, do you think then that sixteenth is a sort of a fair reflection on how you've been doing this season? Um, yeah, well, it, it must be, you know, because uh, I guess that wherever you finish in the league, that's where you deserve to be. I guess um, we've we've probably drew too many games that we shouldn't have. We, we definitely chucked away points, but then most teams in the league will probably say the same. Um, we'll probably look at it and think that they've they should have picked up points when when they didn't. You know, our, our games over Easter. You know, the, we, we played Oddbane on Good Friday, and I think Oddbane will be the first to admit that we wouldn't have had a better time to beat Oddbane than on Good Friday you know and unfortunately you know, we gave away a penalty um, and if you give somebody like Luke Bryan a chance with his back to goal inside the box you know you, you've got a problem giving him a free shot from 12 yards is, <laughs> makes it a whole lot worse you know and, and then we played Haller on the Monday which to be fair was probably the poorest game I've seen this season and it was nil nil. so you know, we we have these these little spells, and then we go to Wing Canton and, and and pick up three points. So, yeah, inconsistent, definitely. Um, but you know, we, we still every now and then we're putting in good performances, and we I certainly see it through the young lads that you know they're getting stronger and they're getting better. I, I know one of the themes of our conversations in the past has been about the progression of Hengrove Athletic. I mean, are you a little bit disappointed at how the team have performed this season, or do you think actually there's an awful lot you can learn um, that you can develop on coming into the new season? Yeah, you could, you could definitely, you know, we, we've definitely learned a lot about certain players in, and, and about ourselves really this season. We'd like to have been in a better league position, you know, at, at one stage when we went on a we won a couple of games in, and we looked at it. We, we weren't too far off the teams in, in you know, round about mid-table and, and, and the, the bottom of the top half, if you like. Um, and then we just kind of went on a run where we, we weren't picking up points. And, 
that I think that affected our performances because there were games like I say that you know the Hallam game and maybe the Oldland game in you know even Tiverington rocks away and, and like I say Lydiard at home where we should have won games and we never and I think that affected the confidence a little bit I think looking you know last season we finished 16th which is where we are now um, we had 45 points we've got 44 at the moment you know so have we had a, a good enough progression for us no not really um, but like I say you know we, we have certainly seen signs of it that, that we could get better because you, you've taken Hengrove Athletic up into the Premier Division in the past uh, ultimately I mean it might not be next season Jamie but I mean ultimately would that be your ambition for the side in the future yeah of course I think the big thing in, in the past and compared to now was that you know, it's keeping those players at the football club um, and, and making them want to stay at the football club and making them want to play for Hengrove, you know, and, and and that's what we have to do as a football club. We have to make it somewhere where people don't want to leave. You know, we, we've lost some players this season. Um, we lost Joe Banks to Backwell early on, albeit the league above, but Joe, Joe wasn't with us for very long. We lost Luke Ponsillo to Porter's Head, um, which is in the same league which was a real disappointment at the time. You know, Luca's gone on and he, he you know, he's playing for Manor Farm more regular basis now, which is, you know, good for him. Um, we recently lost Alfie Hemmings to Nelsie, which again, you know, Nelsie are up there going for promotion. So mm. although you can understand that, it's disappointing losing players in the to you know, in the same league and, and they you know, it may well get an offer here and there and you know, I don't think any of the players mentioned have necessarily got mind-boggling offers to go. You know, we have lost players in the past who have had real good offers to go, and you don't blame them one bit for turning them down. But that's probably been a, a bigger disappointment. You know, we're, we've we've lost players when we didn't think we would lose players, um, and that's affected it. You know, you, you do get that knock-on effect when we've got uh, the young squad that we have. Um, they probably, you know, we, we've had one or two probably look around and think, well, you know, how many more players is going to leave? That, that being said, we have had players that have turned down, you know, Jack Jones has scored 18 goals for us, I think, this season, you know, and he's had numerous clubs of King coming for him and each time he said no. Now, maybe that's because in the past he's he's jumped ship two or three times and he, he you know, he, he he was someone that we definitely didn't want to sign at the start of the season, if, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Um, and then we lost these attacking players and we needed an attacker and Jack was coming to watch us and it was a case of well look you know providing you're not going to jump ship again I'm brilliant you know and he hasn't and he's been good so we have had players that have and, and Jack's not the only one you know young Dylan Gold and people like that that have had offers come in and they, they've decided to turn them down and, and stay where they are and we need players to do that and back us like we back them give them a chance and that's, that's the fight that unfortunately a club like Hengrove is always going to have is keeping those players around um so when they do actually, you know, when you see the, the fruits of your labour, if you like, when you see them progress and see them, how good they could become, that's our hangar of athletic. Because you're in a real hotbed of football clubs. I mean, not just football clubs, but of Western League football clubs, just on the outskirts of, um, of Bristol. Um, I mean, when you talk about the sort of the sustainability and the development of, of a side like Hengrove Athletic, I imagine that you were watching with keen interest the proposed merger between the Western League and the Southwest Peninsula League. How did you react to the news that that wasn't going to go ahead? Do you think that 
for the sustainability of football across the southwest of England, there needs to be a, a second step five division? Um, I, I think there does, yeah. Um, in, in terms of the merger not going ahead, I think, along with every other club, disappointed because without knowing the ins and outs and everything that's exactly gone on, you know, you, you only see really statements being put out and things being put on social media um, about what happened and who was it for and things like that. You know, it does need a, another step five league um, w- without a shadow of a doubt, you know. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I also, you know, really do think now, I, I get that other teams and teams look at it and think it's a lot of travelling. I, I 100% I understand that, you know. You, you look at Brislington, who, who decided to come down and they've had a load of things chucked at them this season and this, that and the other. And again, it's understandable some of the things that are being said. But if that's what they decide that's best for them, you, you, you have to get on with it, you know. And you look at them and they, they've won the league and, and they've got to stay in the division again next year. And there's a lot of people that probably think, well, that's not fair and this, that that's how it is you know they they know that and everybody else knows that um, in terms of but I mean on the flip side you know you, you see Backwell for instance who, who've gone up and, and you know I think Backwell when they went up they were about fourth or fifth in the league and, and kind of went up by default if you like mm. they're giving it a good go you know can they sustain it I, I don't know because I don't know them as a football club but you take your hats off to them you know they, they, they're, I think they're still in the top half or they're they're up there fighting and, and they're having a, a, a right go at it so you know it, it is what it is ultimately and I, I do get from both sides you know you, you have some teams are saying about the travelling and everything I, I 100% get that but then also that's the level of football you know the, the teams are playing at the higher you go you sometimes you have to do that little bit of travelling bit, bit more travelling and you have to look at yourself and whether you want to do that I think football's changed over the years. I think in the past you had clubs from down south in the league and it was, wasn't was looked upon as anything other than a bit of a challenge. Now it is. I, I don't think that the, the race for second place in the first division has ever been so eagerly anticipated because obviously the, the battle between Wells and City is going to be for the next, well, for the one and only automatic promotion spot. And then, of course, we've yeah. got... Um, the playoffs as well. I mean, have you got a feel for who you think will get that um, coveted automatic promotion place? No, to be honest, I don't know who the teams are playing. I don't know who they have left. What I would say, I mean, we, you know, we've lost twice to Nelsie at our place. We were we were in the game, and you know, then they blew us away near the end. Down at their place, we were a little bit more unfortunate, I think, to lose down there. We, we give a decent account of ourselves. Um, and, and Wells are a good side. Well, you know, Wells got a good manager behind them. They're a good side. They've always been there and thereabouts. You know, if if I had to be pick, if I looked at it and looked at the two squads, if it was a shootout going into the last game of the season, like I said, I, I don't know who they're playing. I I fancy Wells, if I'm honest. Well, let's talk about your next opponents. You've got Gillingham Town. Of course, they're only one place below you in the yeah. table. But after that impressive win away at um, Wincanton, I guess you're really keen to follow that up with another three points. Yeah, we've, we, you know, we've got, I think we've got three games. Yeah, last game of the season tonight. We, we've got three games left. Um, Gillingham tonight, Longwell Green Saturday, and Portstead the following Saturday. And we just want a bit of consistency. We want to put another performance in. Um, like we did on Saturday so if we can do that then 
you you wouldn't hear any moaning from us if you like. Um, and yeah, three points would be great because it you know it will mean that that's another team that finishes below us. It, I think that'll help us get one or two places higher up the table. It will beat last year's points tally, which would be good. You know, like I said before, we're, we're a point behind and our goal difference is, is a hell of a lot better this year, but we're a point behind last year's uh, final points tally. So, so yeah, definitely, you know, it's, it's a Tuesday night, we're at home, they've got to come a bit of a way, so we would hope, hope that we can put in a performance and get three points. We did, we, you know, we beat them down at their place, um, albeit they would count themselves unlucky in all fairness because they didn't deserve to lose. Um, we didn't deserve to lose neither did they really. Um, we scored a last minute winner. So they'll have a they'll have a little point to prove and someone to come up against us with, but hopefully we can uh, get the three points. And then on Saturday you mentioned it before, um Longwell Green Sports and that's the last game, isn't it, of the season at home, at least at the A V B. So I'm sure you're looking not only for a you know, a healthy crowd, um, but also um a positive result to sign off. But it, it's not gonna be easy, is it? Because Longwell Green have turned into the form team in the first division. Yeah, Longwell Green, you know, I think apart from Briz, they, they've been the team that have been winning games. Um, and in all fairness, you know, I, again, I, I like Longmore Green as a football club and, you, you know, you, you've got Chris, Chris Alway and, and Mark Summers and Grant Bater and, you know, they're good football people. They're good football people, good lads. And in all fairness, when we went to them, uh, they beat us 3-0, I think, and thoroughly deserved to beat us earlier on in the season. We, we certainly didn't perform that day. Um, and they did, and so so we've got a little bit to to show them, but it, it won't be tough. I, I don't think any. Uh, I won't be really sorry. I don't think any game. If I'm honest, I know that that gets said quite a bit, but no game in the league now is easy. Um, even the teams at the bottom are are fighting and you know looking to try and get more points on the board and things like that. So, so yeah, it, it will be a tough game for us. Um, but again, you know, we can only hope that we carry on the performance from Saturday. We take that into our last three games, and hopefully that that bodes in well for us to go into the into next season with a with a bit of positivity amongst us. My thanks to Jamie for his time. Now, before we have a look at the league tables, Tom, we will take a look at the fixtures coming up on Saturday, the twenty second of April, and we'll kick things off as we always do in the Premier Division. Which um, which game has caught your eye? That would be Mousel Wellington in the Prem. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot riding on the midweek games, uh, but Mousel, so they could have it wrapped up by then, but this could be the game that decides the destination of the title. Home side, um, yeah. I think they've got a, well, we're going to touch on the tables, but a four point lead, two games to go. So, uh, this, depending, as I say, depending on uh, midweek, this could be the one that um, makes the difference. So, obviously, home advantage, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty decent uh, position for them. Yes, Wellington, a wounded animal after that defeat, isn't it? So it'll be interesting to see how they react. And um, I'm going to go, well, I've got to go for the other other, uh, protagonist in this great drama that is the Tall Station Western League Premier Division title race, Saltash United. They have, on paper, what is the harder task, uh, they're at home, but they face Shepton Mallet. Now, will it be the Shepton Mallet um, that started the season? If you remember, nobody could score against him. Or will it be the Shepton Mallet that shipped four against Barnstable at the weekend? Who who, who can say? Um, but I'm sure that will be an equally entertaining and intriguing game in our Premier Division. And if we move on to the First Division, Tom, what game uh, have you picked there? I've gone for Tiverington-Bristol in the First Division. That's the, that's the game of... 
game that I think I've, I've picked out that um, yeah could have a meaningful impact at both uh, relegation and playoffs. So uh, I think that's the one. Uh, that's the one for me on on the weekend. Well, I'm going to go for a, a Titanic clash at uh, towards the top of the, the table. It could even be a game we might be seeing in the playoffs. It's Oldland Abertonians against Wincanton. Now, whilst Oldland's place in the playoffs is relatively certain, Wincanton are very conscious of having, um, I was going to say, Shirehampton breathing down their neck, but as it's Wincanton, I'd probably say that they're coming up on the rails next to them. There you go. Um, so, yeah, two teams with, um, I'm sure, um, a lot to play for, um, particularly in the case of Wincanton. So I'm sure that would be an intriguing and competitive game. Now, we, we keep on talking about the tables, Tom. Uh, so let's talk about the tables. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Go on, kick us off. What's going on at the top of the Premier Division? <laughs> so I've got, yeah, I feel like I'm trying to sort of skirt around the subject, don't you? But, but um, yeah, so it's Mausel who are top. Uh, they have played 34 at time of uh, time of time recording, which is well, the Tuesday afternoon, aren't we? So I'm sure there'll be plenty of change by the time that people people hear this potentially. But yeah, they have played 34 at time of recording, 82 points. That is four points clear of Saltash. Uh, they've also played 34, so they've both got two games over the final few days of the, the season. Uh, Mausel do also have a four uh, four goal swing uh, advantage in in goal difference, so obviously that would. That would uh, that would mean uh, yeah they would, they would take the title on that if if they finish level uh, as things stand but uh, still plenty to play for and as we saw with Saltash on the weekend it's um, very much uh, too early to, to crown anything like this and um, results can certainly kick up a bit of a surprise at this time of the the season uh, you've then got Buckland who look uh, well look like they might have done enough to, to get, get third but Barnsford still five games uh, remaining this season so they could could definitely overturn the uh, the five point swing they currently have. Uh, they are currently in fifth on 63 points. Buckland on 68, I should say, in third, uh, and Bridgewater in fourth on 65. So that's the uh, that's the top five. And then you've got Helston and Shepton, who've also got three games remaining now on 59 and 55 apiece. At the bottom of the table, we've got Cadbury Heath in 19th. Um, they will be the second of our relegated clubs, of course, the first being Bitten, who took re uh, resignation from the league earlier. Uh, and Canesham Town at the moment, sitting above them, uh, have the uh, uh, have the safer place. And they've played 35 games. They've got 18 points. That's only three above Cadbury Heath, who have played 33 games. So they've got two games in hand over Canesham. It would be very interesting to see um, whether or not there's any chance of them overhauling um, their near rivals. Uh, Sherbourne, above them in 17th, they've played 33. They've got 27 points now. So really it is a, it's a two-horse race at the bottom of the Premier Division to see who gets that one remaining relegation place. And what about life at the top of the First Division, Tom? Top of the First, we have Risington, obviously. Uh, they have yeah, pretty much been... Uh, the uh, the, yeah, the runaway leaders, I would almost class them as now. Uh, they just don't stop winning, do they? 40 games played, uh, so two remaining in their their season. Uh, they've played, uh, sorry, they've won 35 of those. They're on 107 points, so they could finish on 113. Uh, they also played on Monday evening after, uh, just before we've recorded this. So uh, yeah, that's the that's the 107 points they've now reached. Goal difference of 94. So yeah, just terrific, terrific stuff from Briz. Uh, and they are 13 points clear of Wells, who currently sits second, two points clear of Nailsy. And obviously those two are playing for it's a lot on the line uh, between, between those two. They've both won 29 games from their 40. Two games remaining. As I say, Wells, uh, 94 points. Nailsy and Tickenham, 92. 
Nelsie have a 15-point swing in terms of goal difference in their advantage. So uh, that definitely could come into play. Uh, and, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, tough to pick what's going to happen there. Obviously, Wales know if they can reach 100 points, they can't be caught. Uh, but, yeah, lots to play for between those two. Oldland sitting pretty in fourth. It feels like they have them for a long time, sort of gap gap, gap ahead of them and a big gap behind them as well. So they're 14 behind uh, Nailsy in third, and they're uh, 13 ahead of Wincanton, who are fifth. So, uh, yeah, Oldland stuck in fourth spot. They'll be happy, I'm sure, in there. 23 wins this year, which, yeah, great going. Uh, and then still a little bit of a logjam just behind them. Wincanton and Shirehampton both on 65 uh, and FC Bristol on 61. So, yeah, plenty going on at the top of the first. Absolutely. And uh, we have um, one of the reasons we're doing the um, the tables this week as we did last week. The last couple of weeks I have mentioned that um, um, Brislington are not eligible for promotion, but they are, of course, our champions. And we should um, congratulate them for that um, for that achievement. But in terms of the shake-up for promotion, that would leave Wells City currently in um, pole position. Um, obviously, they've got that two-point cushion over now as in Tickenham. That could change between now and the end of the season. But if it didn't, it would mean that Wells would be promoted. Uh, and it would mean playoffs between the teams in third and sixth and fourth and fifth. And uh, you may remember my um, um, pick of the matches this weekend um, uh, was was uh, Oldland against Wincanton. And that's exactly the two teams that are in fourth and fifth. Um, at the moment, Nailsey and Tickenham would, would meet Shirehampton in that, uh, in that other game. And those playoff games are currently scheduled for Tuesday, the 25th of April, with the final being played on Saturday, the 29th of April. However, if Bishop Sutton are able to get themselves into the playoff mix because they have a game um, scheduled um, for the 25th of April, um, it would mean uh, that uh, that actual that final would be would be pushed back um, to the the second of May. Um, so slightly complicated. We will uh, we did say last week we do our best to sort of keep you abreast of how the whole thing would work. There's an awful lot of if buts and maybes, but I think listeners, if you can take anything from this section of the podcast, it's that the playoffs are very much on, and third will play sixth, fourth will play fifth. And if we have a quick look at the bottom of the uh, of the first division, we've got Bishops Lydiard in 22nd place. They've played 37 matches. They've got 28 points. Uh, three points above them, Almondsbury. They've played uh, 41 games. They've got uh, 31 points. And then above them, you've got Titherington Rocks, who've played 41 and have got 33 points. And Radstock Town, who've played 39 and have got 33 points. There's a five-point gap between those sides and Cheddar, who may well have done enough not to be involved in uh, in the bottom of the table shootout. But the regulations are suggesting that up to three sides could um, could be liable for relegation, which could mean losing Titherington, Ormondsbury and Bishops Lydiard. But we'll have to wait and see not only how the final table plays out, but also what the FA choose to do. Because mm. unlike promotion, it's uh, it's certainly not cut and dried uh, in the same way. Uh, right then. Tom, we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin, even uh-huh. though even at this stage of the of the of the season, of course, things move so dynamically. Um, it's, uh, you know, no sooner have you written it, it's almost out of date. Mm-hmm. But for those of you out there who want um, all the facts and all the figures as quick as we can find them, um, where can the uh, where can the listeners find your bulletin? So that is on the Toolstation League official website. 
so that's uh, if you scroll down uh, i'm sure you can probably find it by now but if you yeah scroll down it's about halfway down uh, to the left hand side and there's a little tab there you can click and that will get you to the latest bulletin excellent stuff tom thanks ever so much for your time and i look forward to catching up with you on next week's tool station westernly podcast